Lake. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. Hold up, hold up, can't slow down. Know what, know what, I'm on now. You must not heard about me. Why do they always doubt me? I'm ready. It's showtime, y'all ready. It's showtime, keep going like there's no time. Spit more rhymes, spit more rhymes. Wednesday, October the 10th, 2018. And this is Showtime Sports Talk featuring Welch and Suggs, Football Talk Week 6. And today, we're going to be, man, I guess I can't call it Football Talk anymore, can I? No, we We added a whole three topics. Three? I think there's three. Isn't that three? I thought it was just two. There's two questions under one of them. Okay, well, that don't count as a, that still counts as two topics. Okay, we added two other topics this week. So we've got football, college football. NFL, football, you know, more football, 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 football. And then we've got UFC, and we threw in a question about baseball, even though neither one of us know anything about baseball. So it's the one with the white ball, right? Golf? Crap. Volleyball? Wait, I feel like we've done this before. All right, so let's get this thing going. This week we got Texas A&M versus South Carolina. Who do you start at quarterback for South Carolina? Oh, Jake Bentley or Michael Scaraccia? Scaraccia. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I had to struggle to say that. Very difficult name to say. I had a hard enough time spelling it. I think I wrote it down wrong when I spelled it, too. So, uh, Well, yeah, it's a tough decision. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty tough to bench a guy that you know has NFL talent and could be probably, I'm not going to say a first-round draft pick, but could be a top draft pick. But... Uh, when you look at South Carolina, you know, the big loss to Georgia, the loss to Kentucky, and then you come in to a game against Missouri that, you know, many people didn't really see them winning. And he comes out, balls out. You have a five-hour game when you count in all the delays and everything, playing in the weather, his first start. I mean, and he's probably he don't have the talent that Bentley has, but if you come out and win a game like that, you got to roll with that guy, I would think. Seven touchdowns, six interceptions for Bentley. Uh, MS has a uh, – oh, I guess I can't say MS. Michael Scaraccia has four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, 57.4% for Michael and 63.6% for Jake. Uh, we're just going to go first name basis here because I don't want to have to say his last name again. And I feel bad about my abbreviation. So I'm just going to move on from that. I am really sorry. Um, oh, it's a tough decision because, you know, we've seen this happen before. It happened this year in the NFL with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. You know, you have a guy. Is he really a great guy or did he just have a really great game? He don't know. But at the same time. We saw it last year with uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. I'm just going to stick to first names. But only today, I am so sorry. I, I don't know if I would go as far as uh, uh, call, compare the situation to Hurts and Tua. Uh, it's not quite there. I don't think it ever will be. But uh, a game against XAM, it's at home. It's a good chance to get another win. Roll with the guy, roll with the hot hand. If I'm one lost champ, that's what I do. Okay, so I'm going to get to my honest question here because that was our main question. But um, who do you think wins? 
all week long, my gut was telling me South Carolina. And then today, in our in my picks that I do in my newspaper, at the last minute, I switched to Texas A&M. I feel like I'm going to regret that. Why? I just... I mean, you Texas, really think... Okay. You really, in your heart, truly believe that South Carolina's offense can deal with Texas A&M's defense? Texas A&M's defense is good. It's not that good. It's, South Carolina's offense is that good. No, but uh, I mean, it, well, it's at home. If it was at College Station, I would, this wouldn't even be a discussion. I'm not. I'm gonna roll with Texas A&M, but I don't think this, this is gonna be a tight game. And just like last week when you said that it was a surefire thing that Missouri was gonna win, I didn't really think it was. I didn't think they were gonna beat Missouri, but I didn't think it was surefire. I mean, South Carolina's not a bad football team. Will Muschamp has done a pretty decent job of recruiting there. They've got some talent. Hey. And not to mention, when you got Debo Samuel, a playmaker like that on offense, you can make stuff happen. Let's not forget the game-winning kick. No, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, kickers need love, too. have no idea what his name no, was. Just because they know them. No, no, neither one of us knows what his name is. Congratulations to that cat. I feel like he had a very good afternoon. But Texas, Texas A&M and South Carolina has been, too. But Texas A&M has been so wishy-washy this season. There is times where they've looked amazing, and there's times where they haven't looked that great. You know, it's funny, they looked amazing in their loss to Clemson, but didn't look so great in their win against Arkansas. So, I don't... What, Talking and, about Texas A&M, though, they're a punter. Their punter is amazing. He their is a man, really good. literally. His he, last name is Man, and he is a man. He did, you know, I, I noticed it back in, all the way back in the Clemson game, making good punts and putting Clemson in a bad field position in that game. But That's I think a game changer. He even outdid, him, outdid himself this I, week. By watching the South Carolina game, they don't have that. They, I mean, it, no. It, it is going to be raining, probably, I would assume, and cold, because there's a cold front coming in behind the storm. And it's at South Carolina, right? It's at South Carolina. Okay, well, the storm's going through there, so it's going to be a rain game. Is there ever a year where a hurricane doesn't hit South Carolina? Because I feel like I, I can remember. Did I, Katrina hit South Carolina? Are we allowed to talk about Katrina? Like, is that a thing? No, Katrina like, hit New Orleans. And I know, but did it hit South Carolina at one point? I mean, this hurricane didn't technically hit. I'm South just Carolina, thinking about. I'm the thinking back is. to the uh, you know Clemson and Notre Dame game a couple years ago. They played that in a hurricane, and that literally might be the hardest rain game I've ever seen. I'm about to say the stupidest thing I think I've ever said, uh-huh. but I completely forgot Clemson was in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you think I'm they were from? I'm having a rough day. Let me tell you. All right, so we're just. <laughs> he thought they were their let's, own state. Let's, let's go to our own next topic here. Gosh, I can't even talk. Ole Miss versus Arkansas this week. <laughs> Who sucks more? I put down Ole Miss's defense finally gets a win at Who sucks more. <laughs> I mean, literally, this is gonna be like their first real win as a defense. They suck the most. I, they are terrible. Yeah, they're the worst defense I've ever seen. It's it's and they've rather it's, it's bad for them because Ole Miss has a really good offense, but uh, Arkansas is kind of moving along. They you know almost beat Texas A&M, put up a decent showing against and when against Alabama in a game that they were completely outmatched in. No, they put some yards on Alabama's defense, put some points up. At one point, they had the ball at the Alabama's one-yard line with a chance to score and cut the lead to 21-14. to Now, in, in true Arkansas fashion, they ended up fumbling. Alabama scores in, like, 50 seconds, and it all of a sudden goes from being about to be 21-14 to goes to being 28-7. But uh, at least they were in that – at least they had a chance to do something like that. I mean, I consider that a win when I'm playing – when I'm Arkansas playing a team like Alabama. And not to mention, did you see some of the camera angles in that game? 
You don't know how much of that game I watched. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. One play. Two plays. Didn't even did know you they watch played. The, did you watch the highlights? No. <laughs> I didn't think about that for a minute. <laughs> no. Is that where we've come? Like, we can't it's even, the first Bama game of the year we I can't have even, not watched. We can't even watch Alabama play SEC opponents anymore. <laughs> it's no fun. I just... The only game Alabama's going to play all year that I care about is the opening game for next season, A-Day, against themselves. Correct? They do play A-Day against themselves, right? There's a competition. I'm, I'm excited for that game. That's about it. Uh, but I think we, we digress a little bit. Going back, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Where's this game? Is this game at Arkansas? Yeah, let me look. I'll be I honest think, with you. I didn't really care. I, I think it is. I have a feeling. I don't, why did we put this game? <laughs> okay, guys. I'm, anybody that's actually listening, I just want to let y'all know this week's college football, NFL football, and everything is just absolutely terrible. So we're sorry that it's just going to be one of those kind of rambling weeks. But it's kind of a rough. It's at Arkansas. So... Um, I don't know. I mean, let me check the forecast. Yeah, the, let me the, let me check the yeah. forecast. That'll be a big difference because if the forecast is rainy, it's Arkansas all the way because it, Ole Miss it passes the ball way too much. Yes, yes. If it's rainy, that's a definite. Ole Miss is about to get absolutely trampled on. Why is this game not on oh, top twenty-five? That's why. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, uh, I would think. assume that game's not in the top twenty-five. <laughs> Are any of these teams in the top Are they in the bottom 25? <laughs> top 25 or What game am I looking for again? You're looking for Ole Miss Arkansas. You know what? Let's just let's just get past this game. I don't no, even think no. people no, have already take some time on people have already stopped listening to this because nobody cares about Wait, this they game. Started? Okay, if people are listening to this, they've stopped right. by now. Well, the next one's so much better. We this week. Well, this, wait, wait, pause before we leave. What well, I want a score prediction for Ole Miss Arkansas. Oh gosh, I hate score predictions. You can I know ask, you do. You I can know you do. That's why who. I'm asking. What's your score prediction? Lord. Um, See, I, this is what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to go forty-one to thirty-five. Who? Arkansas. Because, hey, Arkansas put up some yards and some points against Alabama's defense. Now, they also gave up 65 points. Uh, okay, so you, you But said, I, I, th- I think if they can put up some points and yards against Alabama, oh, they can definitely do it against this high school defense that Ole Miss is about to roll out. I'll be honest. If that game has 76 points, Actually, total, I'll they, be amazed. they might do, do a better job if they just went and got a local high school defense and put them in Ole Miss's uniform. <laughs> that, that might be a better solution. Man, I really want to talk about a school right now, defense in general. Just a team in general that could go play for them that would probably do better, but I feel like Suggs' listeners would not like it, so I'm just going to avoid that topic. So, Suggs, you've personally said that you feel like our games are too game-centric. So, to make it even more game-centric, you know, after, even after more game each, centric. So each segment. You, instead of doing what I think we should do, you're going to go the opposite way. Absolutely. So... After each segment, like the first one, I said, who do you think wins? Second one, I asked for a score prediction. I'm going to try to ask a little different question after each one, just to kind of throw you off a game. Of course. Just because you have a schedule that has not this on it. So, next game we've got this week, Wisconsin versus Michigan. Can Sugg sit through 60 minutes of this game? I absolutely doubt it. He can't sit through any game, but let's take Suggs' take. 60 minutes, Wisconsin, Michigan. What do you mean I can't sit through any game? Get all jittery every time okay. somebody plays. When I when I said when I said can I sit through sixty minutes of this game, that means can I sit through the whole thing without taking a nap? Okay, okay. Can you? Probably not. Because I don't think I've ever seen you take a nap before. 
I'm gonna be completely honest with you. This kind of deep, this kind of this kind of football bores me to absolute death. Uh, this old the Wisconsin Michigan pro style. Let's play defense and field position, and whoever scores the least, like golf wins. Why is this game I, on our list? I don't know. Who made this list? We, what what, we, look, what I, were we doing last I night? I told you that this week's slate was bad. Hey, <laughs> and it just keeps getting worse, too. This is a bad part. Do we have to go to the next game? <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to ask my question instead of the actual question on the list. But going, oh, back, okay. Wait. going back to Wisconsin, it, Wisconsin and Michigan is on this because this just shows you how bad this week's games are. They are the primetime game this week. I just, I mean... <laughs> How many so, total points is in this game? I'm going to go total points. I'm going to go 17. Yeah. <laughs> that is total points. That's not 17 for each team. That's total points. <laughs> I see this being sort of a 10-7 game. All right. Do the... We're going to have uh, how many total yards of offense? There's <laughs> Um, this week we've got Auburn versus Tennessee. Not gonna As ask you me can, who I think is gonna win. I asked you the total points. Well, you didn't ask me who I thought was gonna win. Uh, who, who wins? Of the seventeen I points. I have no idea. I could care less. Probably Michigan, but <laughs> <laughs> I think Wisconsin wins. So I guess we're different. Um, Auburn versus Tennessee. Is there a time where Auburn has to ditch Jarrett Stidham? And before we get to that, I want you to answer my question: Whose orange is uglier? See, I don't, I don't know why you're asking me that question. Oh, yeah, you like orange. I like orange. Brantley, since you're over there, just yell real loud so the mic can hear you. Whose orange is uglier? Tennessee. Absolutely. Thank you. Tennessee's orange is the most hideous color in the entire world. It's the color of that neon orange fake jersey that I bought. That's what you get for buying fake jersey. It is. It's what I get. I should have just paid $150 instead of $27. Um, so, is is there a time where Auburn has to ditch Jared Stidham? In your mind? I don't think so. I mean, I know it looks rough, but... Not this season. I mean, you've invested so much in him. He's the face of your program. Uh, I know I know that's become the popular thing nowadays when a quarterback's not doing good. Well, let's go to the next guy and see if he can do any better. But Our next guy cannot. I think, and I think what's coming from is Malik Willis is that kind of guy, that dual threat, that maybe we're thinking he can bring back that read option magic. But I, I don't think really when they brought Malik Willis in, they ever thought he was going to be a starter, kind of like when they brought Sean White in. So and st- we've seen Stidham how good he can be. What What's going on right now is mental. I don't know what his problem is, but ever since he threw that second interception against LSU, he, is, he just can't seem to be making the throws like he normally can. Normally he's really accurate. So it, it's um, – his, his men, I don't know what it is mentally. I hope he doesn't digress to the point like Jeremy Johnson did mentally, but he's just. I mean, they were he, both Heisman, Heisman, top Heisman people to begin the season. I'm telling you, you do not ever tell an Auburn quarterback he's got a chance for a Heisman. It is the absolute worst thing that can happen for Auburn football. That's true. I agree with that. I agree. Actually, any, any high expectations any whatsoever is <laughs> the worst thing ever for Auburn football. It is. So um, this isn't even going to be like a normal question. This is my question to you. All right. Best player on Auburn's football team Best right player now. on Deshaun Davis, without a doubt. Without a freaking doubt. That kid is amazing. And it makes, it makes me feel special because we played against him at Hartzell uh, in the state championship game, so it was cool to be able to say that we played against him. But he might be the best linebacker in the SEC right now, possibly in the whole country. There is not a – 
there's hardly any linebackers out there that are playing better. There's not hardly anybody on defense that's playing better than he is right now. And he's doing this with undersized stature. He's not a guy that you would really see as a middle linebacker. But he he makes all the plays. He makes all the tackles. He doesn't miss tackles. I mean, he's just a game-changer at quarterback. And when he went out with that injury, which I think he's going to be fine and be back this week, but when he went out with that injury, that was, I thought, oh, good, you know, defense is done. Because that he's a, he is that kind of game-changing playmaker for Auburn's defense. Okay, one more question. Who's your who's the best offensive player? Who's the best offensive player? I swear, you better give my dude some love. Who's, who's your dude? Chandler Cox, man. Oh, I mean Chandler Cox is a very good player. I was gonna say maybe Whitlow, because I think. And he's the one that fumbled. No. Yes. Yes, but I mean. Yeah, you can't fumble like that. That's your I only can, chance at a win. You, you can't blame. You can't. He, he, it's hard to get on the kid because I keep saying kid like I'm some old man. I'm 22 years old. You are pretty old, man. But uh, he's just trying to make a play. That's all he was doing. It's effort. I mean, I hate to really get on him. I mean, yeah, that was a game-changing play. It might have completely changed the outcome. But for a retro, it's just a retro freshman mistake. Someone they got to know that sometimes you just got to worry about protecting the ball and not trying to make okay. the best of a play. Okay, let's just let's just quit rehashing all these bad memories. Um next game on the docket. I said docket. Yeah. Uh, Georgia versus LSU. The one Jake big Fromm one big game we got this week versus Joe Burrow. What a name, Joe Burrow. That is like the most common. Wait, why is like, that the question this week? What? Jake Fromm is clearly better than Joe Burrow. That, that wasn't necessarily the question. It was just Jake Fromm versus Joe Burrow. I asked you for a question. You didn't give me one, so I just said Jake Fromm versus Joe Burrow. You know, sometimes it just kind of works like that. Um, and I just really like saying Joe Burrow, quite honestly. Just something about that. It's such, just such a common, like, I don't know. It's just like a... Hardworking old man named Joe Burrow. Just something about it. Of all the names in college football, Joe Burrow is the one that just. Has no, Loudermouth still, still takes, takes the cheese for that. My favorite name. <laughs> best punter. Best punter. Might have only punted like one time this year, but best punter. But get back, Georgia LSU, the biggest game we've got this weekend uh, by a wide margin. Um, LSU gets that loss to Florida last week. Here we are, must-win situation for them. How are they going to respond? You know, are we going to see the LSU of old under Ed Orgeron, or are we going to see a team that comes back? My, my personal opinion is I, I truly do believe it's going to be kind of an LSU of old. I, I think they've had their slip in the road, and now they've all kind of lost faith in themselves. I think Georgia's going to come out and dominate this game. They know they've kind of played some stragglers football, and they've got to start trying to figure something out now before they get to the playoffs or before they get to Kentucky. So I I do believe that this is going to be kind of Georgia's game to lose, without a doubt. I think it is Georgia's game to lose, but I think they are going to lose it. Um, Georgia, this whole season, we've been they've been every game they've been playing, you know, not great football, not what we expected. And they are a young team. You know, I'll All give right, them that. Let's make a deal. I'm not uh, making a deal. You take me to Bentley's if LSU wins. No, if Georgia wins. And I take you to Bentley's if LSU wins. Shout out to Bentley's. Real good. Fine, deal, whatever. I'm like, air shake. Okay, we're too far away. All right, I'm totally getting the free Bentleys. I'm so excited. I don't think you are. Look, Georgia. I don't care what you think. 
Georgia, and they've got a young team, but Georgia this year has not looked dominant like we expected them to. They kind of snoozed around through some games. Missouri, you know, Tennessee, I know the score was lopsided. Sophomore slump. But they've got to play. If this game was at Athens, I wouldn't be picking LSU, but they've got to play at Tiger Stadium, at LSU, in Death Valley. However, what do you, however, what do you call it? Name you want to call it. And it's not at night, but that's still a tough place to play. Uh, this is going to be a defensive struggle. I'm going to give the edge to LSU. I guess we'll go back to this question again since you said defensive struggle. Score. Mm, 20-17. to 17. LSU? Yeah. And here, you know, another really thing that's got me going on LSU is Georgia's kind of playing with a makeshift offensive line right now. They've had several injuries along that offensive line. One of the, one of the units that we thought was going to be the best in the SEC coming into this season, now it's been playing, you know, without some several starters. A couple freshmen have now moved into those roles. You're coming in, you're playing at Death Valley as a freshman with a makeshift offensive line. I, that's, that's tough. That's tough to ask of anybody. So, yeah, I'm going to go with LSU in this one. I'm looking up a stat real quick just so I'm curious. I want to see what LSU's record is versus top five teams. This year? No, forever. Mm. Apparently you can't just Google LSU's record versus top five teams. No, probably not. That's a stat you would have to really do yeah, some research on. You can't sorry, just Siri that. Good idea. Don't ask Siri. Well, we're totally going to add that into the segments one day. Um, so Suggs is like a genius at like sports trivia. Really crazy. He can remember things like every Super Bowl ever. Like national championships back to like before my great-great-great-great-grandparents were born. So The, the national championship game only started in 1998. Occasionally me and him do this little thing where um, I'll ask Siri a question out loud when I'm sitting beside me, and whoever answers it first wins, and I still think he's undefeated without a single loss. No, you lost that one game where it was Wisconsin that won something. I think it was like 1987 or something. Um, but so this week's... Suggs' favorite topic to talk about. I didn't want to put it on here because I know it's going to take up most of our show. But from the way this show's going, nobody's listening at this point, so I guess it doesn't really matter how long we talk. So, uh, last week, Oklahoma versus Texas. This is going to be Suggs' take on his complete reaction since we didn't have a after-game reaction. Please, light uh, up that mic, son. No, well, my, my take is uh, that defense Oklahoma has is absolutely terrible. Dicker the kicker, baby. And I actually tweeted during the game that I know that he was Bob Stoops' brother and that's Lincoln Riley's mentor, but Mike Stoops had to go as defensive coordinator. I I wasn't really expecting him to, to fire him this past weekend. That was a little bit shocking, but uh, – he did, and he had to go because that defense, that was literally the worst showing I've ever seen. It, it brought back horrible flashbacks of Auburn's defense in 2014 when they had the great offense, but they couldn't stop a soul. And, you know, you need – when and I don't care how good your offense is. You need a defense that can get at least a few stops because you saw what happened. Oklahoma, they still put up 45 points, but they played probably the worst game of the season. And they had a couple turnovers, and no, you know, give credit, they did make that comeback in the end. But when Oklahoma's not out of this, out of the college football playoff race, they're probably going to see Texas again in the Big 12 championship. And I would bet, I would bet my money on if I did bet that they would win that game. But uh, 
they definitely need to win out, and they're probably going to need some help because with Notre Dame looking like they're probably going to finish undefeated, you know, Oklahoma could get left out if they're not careful. Okay, so my question for this one. Does the loss to Texas hurt Kyler Murray, Murray's chance at the Heisman? I don't want to say it hurts it. It makes it a little bit tougher. It was already, you know, two is playing so well right now that you can't really, I mean, he's clear and above the, the best player right now, and it's not. Oh, okay, let me rephrase this question because I completely forgot about Tua. Does the loss to Texas hurt Kyler Murray's chance at being at the Heisman ceremony? Oh, absolutely not. He's going to be there uh, unless he just has a crash this second half of the season. If he's playing like he's played the first half, he's going to be there without a doubt. And I don't see any way he doesn't have he he doesn't play like that because I've never seen someone that's that great at running the ball and throwing. I mean, he's a, pre- a precision, accurate passer, and he's also got the greatest, some of the best burst I've ever seen. Like, like he just he goes from zero to sixty like it's nothing. Okay, so since you didn't take as long on the Oklahoma Texas, before we get to our next segment, um, out of curiosity, who's your three at the Heisman presentation? My three? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five. Well, who's your three? Um, I'm mean, right now. I'm gonna say Tua, Kyler Murray, and. Uh, I, see, I really wish like you. I wish you would tell me when you're gonna ask me these questions. I said I wanted to have keep you off guard today. I don't like that though because I I, I gotta think through my head who's been playing really well this season. Yeah, see, I don't want you just reading notes and things you've thought about all the time. I want you to think about it from your mind, what you've seen this year so far. Who's your number three? I mean, probably Will Greer. But I don't I don't think he's gonna be there. But if if the Heisman was ceremony was today, he probably that would probably be the top three right there. All right, but. So, now, Bradley, get your timer out. Set it to 30 seconds. You want the second game on the list? Oh, gosh, sure. I'll take it. Which game do you want? Pick one. I'll take... One, two, three, four. I'll take two and three. All right. So, we're going to do a new segment this week. It's going to be 30-second reactions. we got Brantley here on the 30-second timer. I'm going to ask the question. Suggs is going to give us a 30-second reaction to it. All right. So, Suggs' first, first game. You ready? All right. Auburn versus Mississippi State. Said you're gonna ask the questions. Okay, so look, as an Auburn fan, this is really not what I wanted to see us have. I mean, offensively, they just gotta get. I don't know what. I don't know what the problem is, but they've got to find some way to get some offense. And if it's finding a running game, if it's Jarrett Stenham figuring out what what he's got wrong, he's got wrong mentally. But Mississippi State's not that great, and Nick Fitzgerald didn't make any great plays through the air. He was all running the ball, and they can't count on the defense to bail them out every game. So time's up. Oh. All right. I guess you can ask me. Oh my goodness. I don't know how to use these app products. All right. I guess you can ask me for game one. All right. Kentucky, Texas A&M. What do you feel about Kentucky? Wow. Well, I almost cried. Let me just tell you, I was so upset for Benny Snell. I really thought he deserved that game. It was going to be a highlight win for him at College Station. You know, it was really going to kind of pursue that chance. But let me tell you, the punts in that game. If one of those punters doesn't end up at the Heisman presentation, I'm going to be very upset. I don't know why, but that that was a game changer all the way around. I felt like there was at least 30 punts that game. I'm not really sure, but um, I felt like Kentucky still played really good football. I just, I feel like Um, that. Wow. 
30 seconds is quick. I told you 30 you seconds goes, goes by fast. Man, I was really debating not doing this because I thought it was going to take up too much time, and I said I wouldn't use 30 seconds. But four games, 30 seconds is two minutes, right? Yeah, but it was stuff <laughs> Do you know that I didn't how to do basic math? <laughs> no, I'm not of college. So we have to go over this every episode? All right. Sucks. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Boogity boogity boy. Oh man, I was gonna try to do that whole boogity 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 let's go racing boys thing. LSU versus Florida, go. Okay, everybody's gonna look at this and say this is LSU, that, but this is not all in all LSU. This is Florida, this is Florida becoming Florida again because Dan Ball is there and Dan Mullen's a great coach. And Dan, and everybody wants to talk about Georgia and the domination that they're gonna have in the SEC East, but it's not gonna happen because Dan Mullen of Florida is gonna bring back Florida to the success they had under Steve Spurrier, the success they had under Evermeyer, and it's probably about taking even further than Urban Meyer had it. I mean, he's a great coach, and once he gets good recruits in, because let's be honest, Jim McElwain didn't leave him good recruits, Florida's going to be a top um, contender. Man, I, you would give me four. I'll take it if you want me to. I don't have anything to say about it. I hate both of those teams. I'll take it. Virginia Tech has lost me some money. Okay, I'll take it. I don't, that other team, I don't even like to say their name. All right. You think you can do it? I know you can. You like this team. All right. Ready? Ready? ND versus Virginia Tech. Notre Dame versus Virginia Tech. I had faith in you that you told me Virginia Tech was going to pull off this upset, and that did not come to fruition. And now I'm looking at the rest of Notre Dame's schedule, and I do not see a loss on that schedule. And we're going to have a Dude. Notre Dame team in the playoff that does not need to be in the playoff because they're not good enough. It's going to basically be a bye week, and I just don't see it. You think that there's going to be an upset there, but who's going to be the upset? The Syracuse team that got beat by Pittsburgh? I'm just saying this. This is my 30 seconds. I know it's your 30 seconds, but we're going more than 30 seconds on this one just because of this whole conversation. Go ahead and turn your timer off. It doesn't matter anymore. Notre Dame, okay, if there's four other teams that are undefeated, there's no way they put There's not going to be there. four other teams that are undefeated. Not, not, not a chance. There's going to be Alabama, Clemson, and then Ohio State. Ohio State. Who's the undefeated team? Georgia. Georgia. Georgia would have to play Alabama in the SEC Championship game. One of those teams is going to have to lose. Washington has already been beaten by Auburn. Brownlee's playing, you know, outside, so there, there's no undefeated teams left in the Pac-12. There is no, there is no, there's three undefeated teams. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, that's it. Oklahoma lost this past weekend. West Virginia's still there, but I don't see, West Virginia's going to have to play Texas and Oklahoma and then play one of them probably again if they make it to the Big 12 championship, so I don't see that happening. So where is this fourth undefeated team? I'm never watching college football again. Central Florida. I mean, you, now you see where I'm looking at. We're looking at Notre Dame in the playoff. And I don't see it. Shut up. I don't see it how it could not happen. All right. So now, I know you just told him to shut up, but Brownlee did make a good point. UCF might be undefeated. and I, They're not going to get in there. I know they're going to make some comment about how they made all this fuss last year by being undefeated and not getting in. I'm, but I just do not see that committee saying, hey, UCF deserves to be in here. Who do they play? I don't know, but if they're undefeated again, they went undefeated last year beat Auburn. If they're undefeated again, are you going to keep them out? I mean, who do they play? So yeah, I'd keep them out. If I'm in the committee, I'm like, no. I mean, I don't think they're good enough to beat any of team that play there. But I'm, I'm gonna be honest I'll with be you. Honest I think I didn't think they were good enough to beat Auburn. I think that I would rather see UCF in the playoffs more than I would Notre Dame. Oh, just, without a doubt. Just, just so I could see Loudermouth punt. And you know, 
Here's what. Here's what's funny. If UCF did make the playoff, they would be the fourth seed. They would play Alabama in the in the play. In the, and if they beat Alabama, let me just say, I, first off, anybody no. listening, I don't think that's possible whatsoever. Last year's two defi- two defending I'm national champions. Just saying, they wouldn't only be defending national champions, but they would now be state champions of the state of Alabama. Look, man, we could have a game of the two defending cha- national champions from last year playing in Dallas. Come, well, the the storyline's right itself. I honestly didn't even think about that. I'm, I'm kind of upset that you thought about that. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our college not, football spreadlocks of the week. Because, um, Would you not want to see it? I'm not sure what this show UCF, has even turned into. Alabama. This podcast. Happen. This is the last episode we're ever doing, guys. Okay. Why do you say that? Because this is just awful. This whole play, we got we got a Oh, boy. There's got to be some better college football for us to keep doing this. <laughs> what the? Well, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> College football spread locks of the week. Number three. All right. Number three this week, I'm going with Ole Miss and Arkansas. Ole Miss is a minus six favorite in this game, but as I said earlier, I do not see them getting the win on the road. I'm going to pick Arkansas getting this win outright. All right. My number three is Suggs. One of Suggs' favorite. I've got Penn State minus 13.5 versus Michigan State. Michigan State looks absolutely terrible in my mind. Uh, Penn State, uh, as much as I don't want to say it, I think they look pretty decent. I mean, they look much better than a lot of teams I'm seeing play. So, I've definitely got them winning over 13.5. I think it'll be more than a two-touchdown game, probably more like a three. So, number two. I'm looking at my spread locks, and not only do I have all ACC this week, we literally already talked about all three of them. (laughs) But my number two is uh, South Carolina, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a minus two and a half favorite on the road. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. I had to – I forgot. I circled the wrong team. But, yeah, Texas A&M is a minus two and a half favorite on the road. As I told you, I really think that this is going to be a close game with South Carolina being at home. And I almost want to pick South Carolina to win, but I'm not. I'm going to pick Texas A&M to win and cover. My number two is Florida minus seven versus Vanderbilt. I don't even have to explain that one. It's pretty obvious. Seven points. Florida can't do it. They don't deserve to be in the SEC. Number one. I'm just going to try to move past what you just said and go to uh, LSU and Georgia. What did I say? Uh, LSU and Georgia is No, what did I say? What's wrong with saying that Florida doesn't deserve to be in the SEC if they can't beat Vanderbilt by seven? Oh, I didn't hear you say that. I thought you. I just. I just heard that Florida doesn't need to be in the SEC part. So if See, they, you gotta if listen they, if you want to judge. If they don't beat Vanderbilt, they don't deserve to be in the yes. SEC. Okay, I feel a little bit better. Gosh, open your ears, man. Number okay. one. So LSU and Georgia is my number one game. Georgia's minus seven and a half favorite. No, actually not minus seven and a half. It's just minus seven favorite on the road. I like LSU in this game to win this outright at home. All right, number one for me, I've got UCF minus four and a half versus Memphis. I swear to goodness, whoever made this spread right here, absolutely insane. If UCF can't score, win by four and a half against Memphis, there's just no way. There's no way Memphis can even come close to stopping them. Uh, UCF by 100. UCF by 100. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with the last team you said by a hundred lost last weekend. I haven't said any team by a hundred. I have said put a hundred dollars on it. Okay. Okay. I switched my words this time because I'm never using put a hundred dollars on it again because I don't want anybody that actually bets to ever listen to this and bet on something that I say. Because let me just tell you, I'm like oh and three hundred and seventy six this year. Hey, I bounced back nicely though with a three and three spread lock record this week after going one and five. We like switched this week. I, I went, went absolutely. You went terrible. one and five this week, and I went three and three. 
Yeah, I went from five and one last week to one and five this week. Absolutely pitiful. So with that being said, that's the end of our college football for the week. We're going to move on to NFL. Uh, first game on the little docket. I don't know why I keep saying docket. I can't think of another word for it. Patriots versus Chiefs. Goat versus Golden Child. I seem to be a lot more excited about this game than you are. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Chiefs win. Uh, I'm absolutely giddy to see probably the hottest team in the, in the NFL thought, right now. I thought there was something wrong with me saying docket. You just said giddy. Okay, fine. What did you <laughs> like me to say? Elated? Happy? Oh, goodness. He said elated. I'm just trying to give us something to talk about. I'm just kidding. Um, can I not use big? Can I not use words? No. Okay. I'm bad. Okay. Fine. I am happy, very happy to see what How is happy? pretty happy. Jazz hands. <laughs> to see the hottest team in the NFL go up to the toughest place to play in the NFL against what has been consistently the best team in the NFL year in and year out. Kansas City Chiefs with that offense going up to Foxborough, going up to play the New England Patriots, going up to play Tom Brady. You like the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. I do not. I think I don't think this is a game where if the Kansas City Chiefs lose, that you know they're all of a sudden going to derail their season. But going up to play Foxborough in prime time, okay. get, you just don't walk in and beat the Patriots. I'm going to interrupt you here. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do believe my season analysis so far. I've got the Chiefs winning, but. If I go to my instincts and I think about it and I think about Andy Reid, I feel like every year at the Chiefs it's been, oh, they're so good all of a sudden, just like last year. This could either be the game where they push past that, okay, we're going to suck the rest of the year like they've been doing, or they finally push that edge and Andy Reid comes up with something crazy and they end up just being good all season. No doubt. I think this game is huge for Kansas City. Yeah. This could – I mean, if they win this game, it's going to define them as the top team in the AFC. And, you know, they'll be the – if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's because they, you know, they screwed themselves up. But I don't – We're going that far to say Super Bowl? If they beat the Patriots this week, yeah, they're the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC to get there. Now, I'm not saying they'll be the Super Bowl favorites to win it, but to get there, they should be. I mean, because I, I don't, I, you gotta understand, going they in, lost yet? they have not going into Foxborough and beating the so, Patriots is a big deal. Are they them and the Rams the only two undefeated teams left? Yes. Do they play at any point this year? Uh, I think they do. Okay, so my question is, do they go into this game undefeated? Each team. No. I. If they do, who wins? If they do? Yeah. Mm, I'm going to go... I, I, it's hard to say because, if I'm not, first of all, I'm not even sure they do play. I think they do. I'm not sure. Okay. If I they need, play and if they if both the go into that game If the Rams are healthy, the Rams will win because the Rams are better, the better team defensively and offensively. Okay, so it's November 19th. They play. So it's, it's fairly soon. I feel like that game There's is... There's a chance for them to go undefeated. Both of them into that game. I feel like, hey, Brownlee, I feel like that game is a neutral side game. I feel like I read I read that somewhere, that it was a not going to be played at either one of those stadiums. So he's going to check on that. But the Rams, are, look, Kansas City has the best offense in the NFL, but the Rams are just better overall. And as long as they're healthy, now they've got a lot of injuries right now. They've got missing some key players on defense, and they lost Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks this past week to concussion. So I don't know how long those guys will be out. But as long as they're healthy, the Rams are for sure the better team. But uh, I feel like we're digressing. We got a little bit away from our topic. But, you know, going back, I don't, I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat the Patriots this weekend. But... I get what you're saying, and I've said it before with the, the Chiefs starting out hot and just fizzling out. But 
that was with Alex Smith as quarterback. Patrick, I know Patrick Mahomes is young, but Patrick Mahomes is uh, not Alex Smith. So even if they lose this game, I don't see this season derailing. So what you're saying is Alex Smith isn't any good? No. He's <laughs> okay. average. All right. So score prediction. For this game? Ooh, Lord. Why did you ask me score predictions? Just I because I love how fizzled you get over there. I yes, I just said fizzled after making fun of him saying giddy. Score predictions. Uh, I'm going to go 34-31. Patriots. You think there is going to be 65 points in a Patriots game? I guess that's very possible. Okay. I don't know where I was getting at with that. I mean, this isn't like some lockdown Patriots defense. We're talking, I mean, we're pretty sure they're playing in Mexico. In Mexico City. That's right. Yeah, that's what Bradley just... Whoa, they're playing in Mexico? I thought I I had seen that. Yeah, Kansas City and Los Los Angeles are playing in Mexico City. Okay, so 35 31? 34 31. 34 31. Patriots. Gotcha. I mean, we're talking about a Patriots team that now has Josh Gordon looking like he might be able to be a big playmaker. Julian Edelman is back, plus, you still got. I mean, it's amazing what having those two guys because we looked at this offense and talked about, you know, they needed weapons. And now we look at it, they got Edelman and Gordon. James White suddenly becomes the huge weapon. Gronk is still there. Um, Hogan is a great weapon in the past game. Sony Michelle is coming along as a rookie running back. All of a sudden, we were talking about this Patriots offense, you know, not looking great. Now it looks like it's going to be unstoppable like it usually is. Of course, you know, we're not going to disregard the fact that they do have the greatest quarterback of all time. Quarterback in them, even though he has 41. That's why the question was Goat versus Golden Child. I guess it's not really a question. Ah. Anyway. I guess the question could be who performs, who's going to perform better in this game. If you if you had if you had to take it right now, what you're going to pick the Chiefs, but uh, who's going to yeah Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, who's going to have the better stat line? Tom Brady. But you're going to put your roll with the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. Why? It's no, I'm not being like condescending. Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt. I think their defense is. Their defense I, I is, think it's okay. I, I don't. It's not great. Yeah, I don't think it's great by any means. But I also feel like the Patriots are a. Their defense is just to me is kind of an old, put together, cheap. Because that's what the Patriots are. They're a, a put together, cheap team. Like everybody they've got is just a cheap player, pretty much. Besides Brady and Gronk, in my mind. So. Um, I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I don't think either defense can truly stop the other. Somehow I feel like the Patriots are going to but, stop somebody at the end. So if I'm, if I'm really just going with my gut, yeah, I'm going to pick the Patriots. But if I'm going with what I've seen this year, I'm going with the Chiefs. You get where I'm going with that? Yeah, I got you. Now, I really do. Even if the Chiefs win, I do think Tom Brady has a better stat line, not like yardage, beating him in yardage or anything, but I do think it's more of a better QBR. I think it's going to be more completed passes, better throws, no interceptions. I think Mahomes will. You think, let me ask you this. Do you think Mahomes is going to pull out some special drive, special play like he did against Denver where, he the left-handed where he's pass? getting tackled and throws a left-handed pass, something like that to kind of win this game? He will never do that again. I'm not talking about him. I'm not saying he's going to do a left-handed pass again. I'm saying do you think he's going to create some big moment, you know, another another, another, another a game-winning drive or another no. pass or another throw that makes no. us think this kid is special? No, I don't. Patriots don't do that. Patriots do not let you get big moments. Like that, in my mind. That's just the Unless Patriots way. Manning. I can think of a few Peyton Manning. Tom's Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah nobody's ever going to be Peyton Manning. So. 
that's my, in, in my opinion, that's the greatest quarterback of all time. But well, we say that, but Nick Foles made some pretty big plays in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Nick Foles. But but there wasn't necessarily a wow. That was a Nick Foles like that was a career changing moment. Like that wasn't. I mean, it was a good I game. Can think, I can think of one play that was like a wow play. That that throw that he threw. Yeah, I'm not necessarily talking about a wow play, but I'm talking about like a career making play. Like that left handed throw tonight. Like, that was one of those like. That was like a career-making play in a type. They're always going to talk about that. So if there was his Heisman in the NFL, that would be his Heisman moment. Yes, that would be his Heisman moment because he made a play last. last was it? it was the end of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was close, like on the close game, game, game end of the game. About to pretty much, I guess you could say, lose the game, and he's going to throw with his left hand and get what was the first down? I don't even really know what happened. Uh, I can't uh, remember. It kept the drive going. I mean. That's a Heisman moment. That that's what I'm thinking of, like a career play in the NFL. I guess a Heisman moment in the NFL. I don't even know what's like a word you get for MVP. being fantastic in the NFL. MVP. I don't think it's really his MVP moment. I think his MVP moment's a stat line right now. Cause his stat line is outrageous. Well, that's I mean the MVP is the equivalent of the Heisman. And oh yeah, I, I guess so. Um, 34-31. I could see it. I think it might be in the 40s, honestly. I wouldn't go that far. It's it's hard. To I think I think the NFL's not like college. It's hard to see games go. Now that you've got me really sitting here talking about it, I think it's going to be like 42-31 Patriots. I so think you the, just so you just switched yeah, completely. completely just switched. And not only that, because you gave them a, a t- eleven point because win. Because th- this is my reasoning. I think fourth quarter it's going to be a very close 34-31, you know, 31-28 type of score. They're going to go out there. Mahomes is going to try to make that big play again, throw an interception, and that's going to just give the New England that. Go ahead, touchdown, you know, get it up there, and then they're going to have one more because that's just the Patriots. They're going to end the game, pretty much always going to end the game on that good long drive and kind of put it in there at the end to go up. So, yeah, I, I do think Patriots are going to win now. I hate it when we start talking about games. I have to change my mind. I, I just completely got him to change his mind. Even she saw week, and it took me, what, five, ten minutes to change you? It actually took more of me talking about Tom Brady. So, so you finally like, this is the Patriots in Foxborough in primetime. I mean, that's what that's what I've been trying to say. Like, it's not even. I don't even. You care. Just don't, I don't care where it's at. It's Tom Brady. You. I mean, you should because the Patriots' record in Foxborough is amazing. Like, you just don't walk into Foxborough and get a win. Like, I, I cannot in primetime especially. I can only think especially. I'm curious, a, what's the spread on this game? A first year starting quarterback minus three and a half is the spread. First year starting quarterback going into Foxborough, especially in prime time, I can only think of one in my lifetime that did it. Over under is 59, so you're saying bet the over here. Over under is 59. 34 31, 65 points. Yeah, I'll bet the over. I have a question for you though, for real. 61 degrees, overcast. Okay, what's my question, Hoss? Okay, so in my in, if in my memory, in my lifetime, I can only think of one first-year starting quarterback that went into Foxborough in prom time and got the win. Can you think of who that is? It's been in the last six years. Can I have a hint? Okay. Uh, he led the team to the, he led his team to the Super Bowl that year. First-year quarterback. First-year starting quarterback. He wasn't a rookie. I'm not saying he was a rookie. He was first year as a starter. Led his team to the Super Bowl that year. And he went in in prime time in Foxborough and led his team led his team to a win over New England. And then went he led his team to the Super Bowl that same year. First year start quarterback. RG three. 
No, RG3 did not play the Super Bowl. I didn't know. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. It's, All right, Seahawks like, versus gonna, Raiders. You gonna say who it was? No, Seahawks versus. We don't talk about that yeah, on this show. I'm sorry. He, I don't he, care. He I will delete this whole. I will delete this whole episode. Uh, Seahawks versus Raiders. Is Gruden worth a hundred million dollars? Uh no, I don't think so. Yeah, not at all. But, um, uh, hey, if I'm John Gruden though, it's, I, he's I, having a party. I heard, he's, I heard the question the other day was like, does he is he regretting leaving his broadcast to be? Hey, no. If you pay me a hundred million dollars, I'll deal with whatever you want me to do. You know how many of those Corona booths he has set up somewhere taking phone calls? A hundred million dollars can buy you a lot of Corona. Um, he don't care that he's one in four. He don't care if they win a game. I'm getting paid a hundred million dollars. <laughs> They just look bad. They do, and it, it makes it, it it makes me feel so bad that they looked as bad as they do, and they're one. Their offense, I'm, their offense looks pretty good against the Browns. I will say the, the Browns have one of the best defenses in the NFL right now, and their offense looked pretty together against I, the Browns. I think that was just a game, you know. That's yeah, what I love about the NFL saying. is you can have the teams can look bad, but all of a sudden one week they just I mean, play awesome. It's the NFL. I mean, you've got playmakers. It's just whether or not they're playing together as playmakers. You got a lot of different people coming together to be one team, so yeah, you can have just a game. But I, I also how, felt like it was a good what? I was gonna say I love how John Gruden has been talking about how they really did a pass rusher, <laughs> even though they, even though they gave away <laughs> the best pass rusher in the NFL. <laughs> Gruden's <laughs> like, we could, damn, we could really use that guy. <laughs> Speaking of, the Bears' defense is absolutely horrifying. That's one defense that I would not want to walk up to in a dark alley. Bring bring some memories of the uh, 85 Bears' defense. Not that you you Dude, I wasn't even born then. I wasn't either. Yeah, well, you should know that. Um, Don't judge me. Seahawks versus Raiders. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Why is that funny? Oh, because <laughs> the over/under is only forty-eight and a half. Is this game at Seattle? Wembley Stadium. Wem- they're playing in Britain. Looks like it. Looks like the London game. So they're both gonna have some jet lag. Wow, like I couldn't find a. Be- this is why football is never gonna get big in the United Kingdom because they keep sending crap games over there. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted an offensive matchup, man. Hey. Dude, the Seahawks offense was just a rolling against the Rams. The Rams defense that's, that's missing a few key pieces. It doesn't matter. Their pass rush should have got to Russell Wilson because that offensive line was terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I was going to say, if this has been Seattle, would this be, would that have been Marshawn Lynch's first time coming back? I don't even know. It's the first time he's played the Seahawks since coming to the Raiders. I'm not even sure. If, I don't know if they played him last year or not. I do believe this is his first game against the Seahawks. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. It is, and in London, man. Okay, here's my You question. know, he did his Skittle thing in London that time. Really? How many Skittles do you think he eats during this game? I don't think he eats Skittles on the sideline anymore. Does he not? I don't think that so. Lost that Super Bowl, and he just... <laughs> yeah, I really do. I don't believe he does. I think he eats uh, Twizzlers now. Yeah. I don't like Twizzlers. I don't either. Why are we talking about candy? I like Skittles. Um, score prediction. Or over-under. Total. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't think of anything else to ask about this game, man. We gotta have something here. I don't I don't know why this game is on the docket. Dude, have you looked at our docket? 
That's why I told you we don't need to be so game-centric. All right. So the last true game that we have for the NFL on here today, Cleveland Browns versus the Los Angeles Chargers. That is Los Angeles, right? It is. I was making sure. Can I just ask – all offseason, I kept hearing on the radio and from analysts how Los Angeles was going to be a Super Bowl contender. Why? And not the Rams. The Char- Well, the Rams, too, but the Chargers. Why is Los Angeles Chargers being considered a Super Bowl contender? I don't get I'll it. Because I'll be honest. I really do believe they could be if they would figure something out. What was it? They've got a good running game. They've got a great quarterback. I don't care if he doesn't have the wins and stuff to show. Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks the NFL's seen ever. I mean, he must, he's not in that top five or anything, but he's one of the best. He's a great passer, always is, has been. And now he's got a run game to go with it. It just doesn't seem like they can catch a break. Uh, it's just bad luck, in my opinion. So let me ask and you about this. defense. Defense does win championships. Does Rivers need to get not necessarily win a Super Bowl? Does he need to get to the Super Bowl to solidify his legacy in people's eyes, to where they do consider him as a top quarterback compared to all these other guys? I know many of people, especially who don't. when he came off of, out of a draft class that had Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith. I don't. I, don't I know, know Ben I know, Roethlisberger. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is in that draft class. I know been, a lot of people who don't know who Phillip Rivers is. So how, I would how say, could you know, not exactly. Know, it, we it, live in Alabama. I don't necessarily mean the people live here in Alabama, dude. Well, I just assumed that that was. You know. I know a good bit of people that I've met that don't know who Philip Rivers is because, yeah, he he needs some to be in a big game for people to know who he is and to solidify the career he has built himself. Because, I mean, he doesn't have anything to show for besides a, a bunch AFC, of yardage. A couple AFC championship appearances. That's about it. And I, I'm not sure how much longer his career has. He actually, has, I don't think he's made the AFC Championship. I think it's just divisional. Yeah, I think I they were think the top so. seed a few years. I don't think he's ever. So you're right. He hasn't played really a big game at all. Ever. Not really. Maybe some turning point regular season games to hurt some people, but nothing that helped him in my mind. Like, he just. He's a great quarterback, but he hasn't got to be in that situation. And I feel bad for him because I feel like part of it's the fact that he's been at the Chargers forever. I mean. When was the Chargers good? I, I personally, they, I don't know of one in my about, lifetime. About the 07, 08, somewhere around there, they were, the, the year in and year, they were either like the one or two seed going into the playoffs, but they never materialized. The anything. thing about it is, though, you never hear about the Chargers being a terrible team. They're always that yeah, mediocre. There's a few years where they've been. There was that year that they're, uh, the Browns only won game against the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> that was a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but they have, other than that, always been that mediocre team that nobody talks about. They're just that sleeper team. You know, they can either be great, be good, or stay the same. And I feel like they just always stay the same. So getting back to the topic, you know, Cleveland is playing really well at home this year. You know, 2-0-1, not had a loss yet. Can they finally actually dominate an entire game? Do you, do you mean can they finally win a com- win comfortably and not give me 25 heart attacks throughout the game? I'm going to worry about my heart attacks during the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you actually have high blood pressure. <laughs> well, I, I need a Cleveland win that's a good game but doesn't go out down to the absolute I feel liar. like the Cleveland games are like us playing Madden. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Are you, are you saying that you're Cleveland in this, this situation? Well, who's the one that always plays with Cleveland? Okay, fine. Hey, of course I'm Cleveland in this situation. But, you know, Cleveland should be 5-0 at this point. It's just we don't play for the tie, FYI. If you tie, I don't believe in ties. 
I think that's the worst thing ever. And how many ties have they had an opportunity to get now? How many games have they played? Five? They've played three overtime games and five games. And they've had an opportunity and to tie all five games. <laughs> actually, this win, their their uh, knuckleball field goal win uh, came was with two seconds left in the game. So if they missed that field goal, it would have been a tie. Was it overtime? Yeah, it was overtime. And there were two seconds left in overtime, too, when they kicked it. I just, as soon as I saw the ball come off his foot, I thought it was blocked. But, I just didn't even watch the rest of it. I was just so upset at that point because I just already wrote it off as a loss. So let me ask you this. Cleveland tied Pittsburgh. They should have won that game. They beat Baltimore, who's got the second, you know, number two total defense in the NFL. They've got a pretty decent offense as well. Do you see Cleveland as a potential AFC North division contender? I can't answer that question, honestly, because I'm just so biased that I'm going to say yes because I love the Cleveland Browns. Well, try, try to put the bias. If, if, I'm, if I'm just by everything I'm looking at. Well, I mean, you look at it. They, they've seriously, they've got to dominate a game and not just. I know that Cincinnati is the top, forth, is the top team in the north right now, but I just don't really see Cincinnati as. And the other two teams, they beat Baltimore and they should have beat Pittsburgh. Should be New Orleans too. But um, yeah, I know. But I'm not talking about. I'm talking about in the division. So you've beaten one of the teams in the division. You should have beat the other. And the other team is the top team. But I really just don't feel like they're that great as far as the, what their record shows. So I could see them. If I could see them being a, you know, uh, they could they could contend for this. I, I not even the fact that I just love Cleveland. I can't even answer that question because. I just can't say something about Cleveland because I'm afraid either I'm going to jinx them or they're just going to let me down. And I just don't want to even think about that. So, man, that's just one of those games where I'm just like, do I have to watch it? (laughs) All right, so the Chargers are a minus one spread. So it's almost a pick them. Who wins, how much, and why? I'm gonna go Cleveland. I'm not, but I'm not. I, I know that's biased on my part, but uh, I'm not. I wasn't a big believer in Los Angeles in preseason when everybody was hyping them up. Cleveland's playing really well at home, and their defense, their defense played lights out Sunday. Uh, you know, they really did. I had them on fantasy. They were the highest scoring fantasy defense last week. And you know, I feel like they're gonna give some trouble to Los Angeles and Baker in that offense. It's you know they didn't score as many points as they did the week before, but once again they're playing the team that's ranked. Second. And let me tell you that last drive by Baker that impressed me. And Ratley he, and was it Ratley? No, Willie's. 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 Ratley's that guy on Madden that I can't figure out who the heck and he is. He, here's the thing, you know, he he did what he had to. He limited those turnovers. He had the one on the first drive, which it was just like he him and his receiver weren't on the same page. But other than that, after that. I don't even want to talk about Baker. I literally. How impressed were you with Willie's? Coming, I mean, coming in there. That's that's not a guy that you would really count on. And who made the biggest catches of the day? Willie's. Like that's just impressive to me that a guy that's kind of a no name finally kind of realizes, hey, I've got to make a name for myself if I ever want to be anything in this league, and did it with a rookie quarterback. You know, a, a doubted team. I. You're coming out there. You're making plays and showing that you can do it in the NFL. That's that's. A big change for the Browns. So it, it made me excited to watch. I felt like the team is getting overall better every week. I feel like they fix mistakes. They might take two steps backwards to get that one step forward, but they're not bad steps backwards. They're taking two tiny steps backwards and then one giant leap forwards every time. I feel like every game. 
So I do think Browns win. I think Mainly so. because I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to be able to figure out the Browns defense. Hey, it's it's the only the only quarterback that seemed to be able to do anything this year against them was Derek Carr. I mean, not even Drew Brees could uh could play that well against it, which kind of leads us into our next topic. Drew Brees, now the all-time winning passer in the NFL. And he's got a little certificate that you get like you get in elementary school. Okay, you're telling me the NFL, the freaking NFL, all this money, all of this money, and they're going to print this dude off a piece of copy paper that says what his record is and laminate it and give it to him? What in the world is the NFL doing? And, and you're not even that. They threw a flag on the celebration. The refs were literally celebrating with him. And then what about the classlessness by Jay Gruden to accept that penalty, man? Have some respect, dude. You just witnessed history. And you're going to accept that bullcrap penalty. I just, I, I can't even with the NFL. Between these daggum roughing the passer rules and that crap, a piece of freaking paper, man. If you just broke that record in the NFL what and they handed you a piece of paper, what are you thinking? <laughs> what in the actual heck? What, what, what in the, what, what are the, oh, I think I understand why you read this question now instead of me. Sorry. I just... Is Drew Brees a top five quarterback? That's a great lead in to that question, man. So, I think the question that you're that you were gonna ask is Drew Brees a top five quarterback of all time? And I'm I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because I'm looking at his face right now and he's he's still simmering over this whole certificate thing. But um, the question, um, I want to when I when I think of that, I want to say no. Because when I think of success, when I think of quarterbacks, I think of the success they've had. But you know, when I think about it, who's going to jump out of my mind? Tom Brady and Joe Montana at the top two because those are the two most successful quarterbacks of all time. Peyton Manning right there next to him at three. And then who you know who you're going to put? I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is up there. You got guys, you know, like John Elway, Brett Favre. I just okay, never mind. I was just going to point out that he didn't put Brett Favre in there, but I don't. I mean, I. I Brett Favre should be in the conversation for top he's five. My, he's in my top five. I mean, I would put him there too. I'm not going to put him at one, two, or three, but I've got him sitting at five. I, I would think if I had to list it, if we're going by achievement, success, Drew Brees isn't in mine. But if you're going by a top five quarterback that has changed the NFL, that's changed the city he's played at, you can witness that and say that, yeah, he's a top five quarterback, if not the number one in that scenario. Because if you just watch the reaction of the fans after he got that, they were crying. Everybody was together. That whole team jumped in. He saved the city from one of the biggest heartbreaks the city's ever seen. After it came in there and he changed the whole program. He came, he helped them in their rebuilding moment. He's been there through it all the ups, the downs. So, yeah, in that aspect, I have him in the top five. But but other than that, no, he's not in the top five. Yeah, he has the most passing yards. But what's to show for one Super Bowl? Would you say, yeah, but you know, we think about, and that's what we think about, though. But uh, don't even say Peyton Manning only got one. What's he got two? Two. No, but no, I'm not, I'm not saying he's better than Peyton Manning, but what I'm saying is you look at Joe Montana and Tom Brady, they got. 
Joe Montana's got his five or six. I can't remember. He, he, and Tom's got five. Peyton's got two. And then outside of that, you know, when we talk about top quarterbacks, we're not – I mean, it's one or two Super Bowls, really, because – and that's what I and that's what really got me thinking. I always think about it as success, but outside of Montana and Brady, there's not really a whole lot of quarterbacks that just went out and got a ton of Super Bowls. All right, so I'm currently I'm googling the top ten greatest NFL quarterbacks of all time. I've got an article pulled up. We're gonna go. We're gonna start number one because wow, Peyton Manning is not in the top five. Wow. Wow. When was this article published? Last year. Number one. Joe Montana. I would agree. Number two, John Elway. I would not agree. John Elway. Definitely deserves to be in the conversation for top five, but not a top. Holds the record, 47 drives to tie win football games within the final. And and that's great, and that's clutch, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. How do you you not going to put Tom Brady there? Tom Brady's got five Super Bowls. How about about we get to Tom Brady first? Because you're going to be quite shocked to where Tom Brady is, like I was. And Peyton Manning. Just just wait to see where Peyton Manning is. Dan Marino's number three. Ah, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. Dan Marino. Brett Favre's number four. Okay. (laughs) I like this list a little better. Tom Brady's number five. Wait, Dan Marino is over Brett Favre? (laughs) Tom Brady's number five. What kind of bullcrap list is this? (laughs) Number six is Johnny Unitas. Number seven is Peyton Manning. All right, now this is where we get into the fun stuff. Number eight, Steve Young. Okay. Number nine is Otto Graham. Do you know who that is? He wore number 60. So I'm going to guess this is <laughs> a long time ago. And number 10 is Fran Tarkenton. Yeah, that list is bogus. <laughs> Let's go see if we can find another list just because I'm very curious about. That was on, that was an actual ESPN. I mean, that was an actual NFL publish. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go to this uh, Fox Sports ranking top 10 quarterbacks in NFL history. Um, I'm, I mean, that, that that whole list just Dan Marino changed my life. Dan Marino is the equivalent. He's the guy that you always think about being talented but could never win the big one. He's kind of like Phillip Rivers. Now, Phillip Rivers still has a chance, but Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. I don't even know if he got to a Super Bowl. Sports Illustrated, top 10 greatest quarterbacks in the NFL all time. And I, I think, you know, obviously unanimous number one should be Joe Montana. I feel like that should be the All unanimous. Right. I'm going to read how Sports Illustrated ranked them this time. Sports, Sports Illustrated writers and editors were polled during the 2016 season and asked to submit top ten lists for 14 main categories. Votes were tallied within ten points awarded for a first-place vote, nine points for a second-place vote on. Voters were also asked to justify their choices, and those comments appear with each top ten selection. In most cases, if one panelist had a player ranked higher than his colleagues did, he was asked to speak on that player's behalf. Uh, panelists were not directed toward any set of nominees or limited by any preset criteria for what uh, constituted all-time excellence. They were simply given categories and asked to select ten names from the vast history of professional football. All right, number one, Tom Brady. And I agree. I, 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 I personally, I do agree. I, I just don't feel like – I feel like Joe, Joe Montana was a game changer. I feel like he deserves to be in that number two slot. But I also don't believe that he was in a great era of football. 100% Super Bowl in Super Bowl. No losses in the Super Bowl. Okay, and 100%. I understand that. That's Number two on here is Clutch. Joe Montana. Number two is Joe Montana. I mean, I, I, I think that's the top two. But I'm I Currently, I'm agreeing completely wholeheartedly with this list because number three is Peyton Manning. NFL career leader in passing yards, not anymore, and touchdowns, not for long. Um, okay, that's kind of just... Number four is Johnny Unitas. 
That and I know I know I go back and watch. Three time NFL MVP. Watch old stuff, but Johnny Unitas is a little bit too far of, uh, too yeah. before me. <laughs> Number five is Autogram again. I'm just gonna avoid that one. Number six is John Elway, so that would be our five slot. I what did John Elway do to me? Uh, I'm, well, again, that's another. That's another. That's a little bit. I mean, he was around. You know, he won the Super Bowl the year after I was born. He won another Super Bowl. So he won two. You know, I'm obviously gonna remember the one where him beating Brett Favre in 31-24. The Super Bowl of the year. Year I was born or year after I was born. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, like you said, what 47 game tying or game winning drives? I mean, yeah. that's it's clutch. That's what that is. I mean. When he retired, he was the second all-time passing yards of completions with five Super Bowl appearances. I don't like John Elway. I don't either. I think I, he's I, an arrogant. I don't like him, but I'm not going to disregard what he did as quarterback. He right. definitely should be in the conversation. So number seven on our list, Dan Marino. Dan Marino's a great quarterback. He was very talented, but like I said, I mean, he what didn't do anything. What did he do? He, I mean, didn't he, do just, he just set some records he just for yards, set, completions, he, touchdowns, single season He was basically what Phillip Rivers is now, exactly. like I said. He, Dan Marino and Phillip Rivers, great comparison there. But stats-wise, I mean, they haven't really done anything, but they're regarded as quarterbacks that are great. Number eight is Brett Favre. Shout out. Number nine this is a guy nobody even knows because it was in 1917. And number ten is Bart Starr. See, and there, there's some quarterbacks that, you know, I think should be considered top for top ten. Guys like Warren Moon, uh, Aaron Rodgers. As much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers should be considered up there. He's on there for me. So, I'm, I just, in order, what's your top five? Not biased. I, gotta, I don't want you to just, I, like. I'm going to go. Yards, MVPs, Super Bowls, how they've done, how they've go, changed I'm, I'm their gonna team. Go, I'm going to go number five, Brett Favre. And then I'm going to go number four, as much as it kills me, John Elway. Three, Peyton Manning. Two, Tom Brady. And one, Joe Montana. Okay. I mean, you can't that, – that stat for John Elway, you can't – I mean, 47 game time, I mean, that's that's impressive. He had one more Super Bowl win than Favre did. So that's why I'm putting – because, you know, I judge it based on success and based on what you do as far as – because – the, game, the point of playing football is to win championships. I'm going to uh, – the only thing that I'm really – only I'm taking John Willett on – gosh, John Elway off my list. I'm putting Brett at four, and then I'm putting Aaron Rodgers at five. And I guess that has something to say for Green Bay. They have great quarterbacks apparently. But Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that just – generational. Exactly. Generational talent. If you ask somebody – well, You know I do not like Aaron Rodgers. Who's your quarterback's – I mean, every year, one of the top quarterbacks you pick in a fantasy draft, Aaron Rodgers, because he's he's a great quarterback. So, with that being said, I, I guess we need to but get off of this. To go back to the original question, is Drew Brees a top five quarterback? No, no. But I think he should be considered. I think he should be in the conversation. When you consider it, you know, I, I hate that when I was listening to other people discuss this topic, they were talking about, well, they are talking about his measurables. He was short. He was, you know, he played inside in a dome. Uh, I hate hearing that stuff. He's a great he's a great quarterback. And he's, Every team travels just as much as they're at home. I think he should be in the top ten, and I think he should be in the conversation the top five. I won't put him there. I'll probably put him at seven or eight. You know, you know. Just, I think I would have him right at ten, honestly, in my mind, um, unless something happens before he retires and he just starts leading that team to something. But well, this I, could be I, the I year. guess that's part of Let it. Me ask I just you this. don't feel like he's had a great team. The Saints this year look like a great team. If they were to make a run to the Super Bowl. 
especially if they especially if they were to win it. Yeah, that, that moves them way up in my mind because they had a rough start, it seemed like, and then now they're... Rough start. I, I just didn't feel like they had it all together. Now they're kind of starting to put it together. The other night, they put it together. They had they had a great game. And I feel like if they keep doing that they win the Super Bowl, without a doubt, I put him about six or seven. Just because he's brought a team that doesn't really have that many playmakers. I mean, they don't have any huge names. Alvin Kamara. Besides Alvin Kamara, who receiver-wise. I mean, Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas is one of the best receivers. In I, I know, but they don't have a lot of them. And that's why Tom Brady's number one on my list. I mean, he's never had. No, uh, he had Randy Moss. He had literally the NFL's best offense. Now, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Exactly. But he did have, that was the best offense. And I, that might have been one I'm, of the best I'm teams. I'm talking about Super Bowl teams here. Mm, yeah, probably, I guess. I feel like Tom Brady's worked with the least amount of talent out of some of the greats. And he's I mean, led I, that team, and he's I, been I a still, true I, leader. I still think I'm still going to put Joe Montana number one, but Joe Montana did have Jerry and Rice. See, and that's okay. And the only reason I don't have Joe Montana on my list is because I know absolutely nothing about what Joe Montana did. I didn't see that. I don't watch history games like that. I just I, I could care less about that. So, in my mind, I don't have him on my list. Like Same reason for John Elway. No, I, I know how you are. I know you like watching sports. You like watching past sports. I'm I'm a, a here and now person. I don't, I don't care about past, really. So, do you have anything else you want to say about Drew Brees not no. being a top five yeah, quarterback? I think we should skip the next topic. Good, because I didn't want to talk to him. Talk about it to begin with. So your NFL spread locks of the week, number three. Uh, I'm going to go Washington and Carolina. For some unknown reason, the Redskins are minus one favorite in this game. I do not get that at all. Carolina's going to get this one easily because I do not think Washington is a good team. Uh, my number three, I've got the Bills plus nine and a half versus the Texans. I think the Bills are just enough good of a team to beat the Texans. I don't think the Texans are very good. It's nine and a half point spread, so it's one of those NFL games. You just don't see a lot of big blowouts, especially with two teams that aren't great. So I think they'll keep it, and I don't necessarily think they're going to win. In my mind, I kind of think they do, but they'll definitely cover nine and a half. Number two? Uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati is the top team in the AFC North right now. We've got a 5-4-1 record, or 5-1-1-2. One, one, um, everybody's talking about them. I don't really – I think we're about to see that classic Bengals uh, drop down, and it's going to start this week. Last week for Pittsburgh without Le'Veon Bell. Last game without Le'Veon Bell. They, they go st- they're going to get the win here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Pittsburgh outright. Cincinnati's in minus two and a half favorite. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh outright. They're going to get that win, go into the bye, get Le'Veon Bell back, and we're Unfortunately, unfortunately, Le'Veon Bell's first game back is against Cleveland. <laughs> so, my number two, Steelers, Bengals. Bengals minus two and a half over the Steelers. Really? And you don't even like You think the Bengals are terrible like I do? Yeah, I know. I just do not like the Steelers, man. So, this is coming off a bias pick. Absolutely. I'm a Browns fan. Okay. All right. Okay. Number one. New England and Kansas City. Uh, you, I think this was originally your number one, and you're, you're thinking a little bit differently now. Okay, it's not your number one, but yeah, I'm going. New England's a minus three and a half favorite at home. Like I said, you just don't walk into Foxborough and get a win very easily. And I do not see Kansas City getting that win here. I don't think this is going to derail their season. I think they're still going to be fine. But if they do win, it's going to be huge. But I don't see them getting the win. My number one is Browns versus Chargers. We've already explained the game. It's a one-point spread. If you don't bet on that, you're insane. I mean, it's a one-point spread. You've got a really good chance of getting it one way or the other. So pick a team, go with it, put some money on it, bet on it. I pick the Browns. They're my favorite team. Um, 
But that's the end of the spreadlocks. Uh, we were going to talk about some other stuff today, but this episode has been a lot of rambling, so I, I think this is going to be the end of it. Um, so thank you for listening. Do you have anything you want to add on? Because last time I said thank you for listening and tried to end it, and you cut in. No, I'm good. All right, so thank you for listening. If you actually listen to any of this after the first five minutes, you probably listen to the intro song because it's pretty great. But uh, thank you, and that's it. Bye.